On today's episode of the podcast, I talk about the dark side of social media. After sharing with the world that I am no longer vegan, I ended up having a fairly dramatic week where I was on the receiving end of a lot of shame and bullying and hatred. So I unpack a lot of that. I answer tons of questions about my own non-vegan journey and where I am today. And I go deeper into the question, can we shame a person into changing their behavior? Is that the right way to go about anything? Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Hello, my darlings, my friends. Welcome back to the show. Wow. (laughs) I just have no other words at the moment than wow. It's been a really, truly interesting, interesting is probably the best word I can use for it. It's been a very interesting, interesting past week. If you didn't tune in to last week's show, which I'm kind of thinking that you did, It's one of the most listened to episodes in a long time. Thank you for that, everyone. Just giving this podcast a super boost. I I so, so appreciate it. If you didn't hear last week's podcast, I shared the big, surprising, shocking world news. Very important, super important news to many, many people, (laughs) apparently, that I am no longer vegan. And... When I recorded that episode, I shared on the episode too that I was kind of, I had been thinking for a while about how to share and how should I go about it. And and then last week I just woke up in the morning and I was like, no, you know what, like I'm just going to sit down and talk, you know, and speak from the heart and share. So I did, you know, so I didn't have really a, I didn't have any strategy. I wasn't trying to defend myself or make a certain point or, you know, I had no... Um, idea of an outcome I wanted out of that episode other than just 
speaking my truth and just sharing this change I've made in my life, right? And uh, it's been received <laughs> and very and rejected both at the same time. I'm always because I, I kind of I, I don't know if it's maybe once a year. I feel like it's been a while since I had some drama. I mean, I live a very drama free life these days. My life is is very different these days from what it used to be. I have a lot less going on, you know, compared than before. I have a lot just, you know, traveling less, I'm not barely working, you know, at this point, like I have very, I have a much smaller life now, you know, a much, much more content and smaller life, which I'm, I'm really happy with. So I also have less drama, right? But before, I think at least once a year, I would go through this kind of cycle of, I would share something or stand up for something or, do something online, you know, that would generate this massive response and this kind of little drama vortex. <laughs> I am really good, like this I can fully hold and totally own. I'm very good at creating drama vortexes when I want to, like when I feel open to it and ready for it. And, and I'm also, you know, a little bit of a drama magnet way less now than I have been in the past, but I'm pretty sure, you know, my Sagittarius rising, I I can't not speak the truth. Whenever I've had Deborah, one of my astrologers here on the show, we've talked about that a lot, like the Sagittarius rising, complete inability to shut up, <laughs> like complete inability to not stand up really tall and shout the truth if there's a truth that needs to come out. And sometimes I do that to my own detriment, you know, because I, I really, I really don't enjoy the drama. I really don't enjoy, like, there's nothing, nothing if this, this aspect of getting hate and thousands of comments and people being up, like, I don't at all enjoy that. You know, actually, I am a person that deep down, I really want to be liked. I really want to be loved. I really want to be supportive supported. I don't have that inner need to walk around, you know, with friction all the time at all. You know, the thing I seek most in life truly is peace. Yet, <laughs> whenever there is something that I need to say, even when I know, and this happens to me, you know, all the time, even when I know this is going to start something, like people are going to reject this, people are not going to agree. Like, Every time I open the debate of, you know, abortion, for example, like this is a really good example, which I know Swedish people have a really hard time understanding. Like in Sweden, abortion has been not only legal for so many decades, but completely normalized and destigmatized. And, you know, it's, it's a part of, of healthcare here, nothing else. Like literally any of my, any of my, siblings could have at any moment of their lives wanted to get an abortion, you know, even as teenagers and would have been able to tell our parents and probably our parents would have gone, you know, like if I wanted an abortion and I was in my teens, I could have told my mom, she would have gone with me to hold my hand. You know, it's not a stigmatized, horrible thing. So if in Sweden, we have a really hard time even wrapping our heads around that in the US and Poland and other places they are denying 
people this basic human right of healthcare. But so oftentimes, like whenever something happens, right, something's in the news, Roe v. Wade, you know, and I will bring that conversation back. And I know, like I always have a moment before I kind of dive into the conversation publicly, like this is bullshit. Like I can't believe this is happening. Fuck this system. I, I Before I say everything I really want to say, I know, like, okay, well, this means that for the rest of the day... I am going to be battling anti-abortion people and pro-forced pregnancy people in my DMs all all day. Like, I know, I know that that's going to happen. People get so unbelievably triggered. It's like a huge, I mean, very polarizing, dividing, divisive thing. And I know that. And I know it's going to mean that for the rest of my day, I'm going to be involved in in drama and discussion and fighting. And I'm going to get people telling me, horrible things, crazy things, because people on the internet are crazy. I I really do believe that people who are not (laughs) crazy in real life, people act crazy on the internet. People become completely boundaryless on the internet. I mean, we know this. And still I share, right? Like I really have that inner side of me that's like, I can't not have the truth out there. I can't not speak my truth. I can't not fight for what I believe is right, even if, you know, it's to my detriment, even if at the end of that, I'm in trouble, you know, this is just what it is. So I'm very used to, you know, over the years, especially having been on social media for a long time, I'm very used to speaking my mind, voicing my opinion. I know, I mean, I know, especially in the yoga community, I am definitely not the most loved and liked, like yoga influencer person out there for sure not every time I've seen something that like this doesn't sit right with me you know I've I've shared that and when I do here's the here's the thing like whenever I have and whenever I do I criticize the system I criticize politicians or policy that people are pushing through I criticize corporations a lot injustice never in a million years And this is like, I cannot wrap my head around this. Never in a million years would it ever occur to me to personally attack a single human being, like regardless of what that person had done. Like I would never, you know, I I, I, I was trying to think of, like Dennis and I were just at breakfast this morning. Like what would a person, a single person, just a regular human walking the street, just like any of us, what would they have to do? for me to get really vicious and individually bully them on a big online platform. Like that would never, it would never occur to me. Like I would never even have the instinct or the inclination to do that. And then Dennis said, he's like, I don't know, maybe it's like island mentality, you know, like we've been living for so long in a place where everybody knows everybody. You would never talk shit about people like that because everything comes around. And I'm like, that's not even it. Like, the reason you and I don't talk shit about people is not because it might come back around. It's like, we don't, we're just not those people. Like, it's just, it takes a different kind of person to, to bully. Like, it really, really, really does. And I'm sharing this now, just having, having experienced an un, <laughs> unbelievable amount of hatred over the past couple of days including just a really vile woman who 
spent so much time. Like I'm, I'm honestly flattered by this. Like I, it's, 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 it was very intense. Like spent so much time, not only listening to last week's podcast, really listening, taking notes as I was speaking, and then making a satirical, like very vicious, like totally bullying, really long video for TikTok, like an edited, like she spent time here. She put up her little ring light. <laughs> she was looking at her notes from the podcast, you know, making fun of me, mimicking me, saying things like that were similar to what I said on the show. Like the dedication here is, I mean, I'm honestly impressed. Like I, whoa, that it's, it's what, and when I saw that last night, I, I laughed so hard. I almost peed my pants a little bit. Like I, my first, first reaction was like, oh my God, people have really lost it. Like the lengths that people will go is wild. And then the more I sit with it, it's like, to me, it's just, I, it's just so far away from any kind of behavior that I would ever engage in. And from, you know, any of my friends or people in my community, people that I know, I don't know anyone who acts like this. Like it just, I just don't. It's just not in my wheelhouse at all. So it's also hard for me to kind of, yeah, it's hard. I, I always try to get to the root of something, you know, like, can I understand this? Can I, can I get to their point of view? Can I put myself in their shoes? But in these, with this kind of behavior, I really can't. I really definitely, definitely can't. And just for this, for this show today, I want to, I'm going to answer some questions that I didn't answer last week that I didn't even bring up last week, because as I said, I just, I just sat down and spoke from the heart. Like that was what that was. It's also hard to cover every area of such a big discussion in just an hour pod, you know, but um, yeah, I'm going to answer some of those questions and I want to like really touch on, or I really want to get into like this kind of behavior that we are seeing from so many people, particularly in the vegan community. I don't know any other community of, of people or any other movement where there is this much viciousness that comes out of people. And I, <laughs> you know, that's why I prefaced last week's podcast by saying, like giving a moment, like, hey, like, as you listen to this show, like, take a breath, you know, offering people an opportunity to ground into themselves, really saying, like, I can set a boundary here where I ask you not to, like, for instance, tell me I deserve to get raped because I've had some raw dairy. Those were real comments that I have received. I mean, I should die. I'm a murderer. I haven't even talked about, I haven't shared. I, the only thing I've shared that I've been eating is like I've shared that I've had some egg and some raw dairy. Like I've been, you know, and I want to talk about that also, you know, but I haven't even gotten into anything around, around detail, but I am an abuser, a murderer. Why don't I go eat my dog? I deserve to get raped. I should die. It, it's so fucking intense. I mean, it's really. And I know most people listening are just like nodding along because you know, like when I was vegan, I knew about this behavior. We used to joke about this all the time. I mean, all the time. It's like a standing joke in our family that like, well, the vegans are crazy because we all fucking know that so many are. Not everyone. Of course not. There's no such thing as everyone. But so many, especially 
vegan people who are hiding behind a screen name online. There's this mob mentality that happens, and it happens in this specific community in a way that I think is incomparable to any other thing. Like there's no other cause or issue or anything that people are fighting for where it gets this vicious. And you see it all the time. You see it all the time. Anytime anyone, you know, who's been vegan changes their diet, even a tiny little bit, that person deserves to go to hell. It's it's never like, <laughs> like there's a a human place there. You know, there's never a gray area. There's never it's 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 all or nothing. It's you know, be a hundred percent vegan, fight for the vegan cause, or go to hell. Like there's like there's no understanding or opening there to to yeah to to try to picture yourself in the other person's shoes. Not at all. And of course, I also had many people, and for this, I thank you so so much. I don't want to generalize and say every single person. What I'm talking about now is particularly this type of person that will, yeah, that will spend 72 hours in someone's comment feed just to tear them down. Like people who live on Reddit or these really crazy gossip, you know, there's like gossip sites just for influencers where people spend all day, all day in threads just hating on a single person like that's what they do like I'm like how how does one even find their way to that kind of a platform like what are you doing with your life like I'm just baffled but also of course there's many people who are in the vegan community who eat plant-based who first of all don't care there's a big group of people just like that who don't care Maybe they care a little bit and like, yeah, well, you know, I really think vegan is the best way, but you do you. Like, that's your life. Like, they literally are just baffled. Like, why is this such a big thing? It's your life. You do what you want to do. And then I've had messages from people who are just completely supportive, just 100%. Like, you know, you should totally listen to your own body. I am vegan for me, for my personal reasons, but everyone lives a different life. And I will always support you. And thank you for sharing your story. And just like a lot of a lot of support. So of course, there's those people out there. And I want to say, if you're listening, thank you. Like, if you're vegan, and you were upset, and you said nothing, thank you for being able to manage your own emotions and hold that container of your own heart space and not, yeah, not have to try to cause any drama or negativity from that like that it takes a basic level of maturity to do that and I want to honor that for a moment so just thank you and if you shared any kind of support or anything neutral or just like had a discussion with me which I had with so many people in my dms just about why and how did I get to this place and like so many people who wrote me in a normal way it doesn't even have to be like a loving or a kind way. It's just like a neutral place. Like, hey, I'm curious. Like, how did you get to this place? Like, can we talk about this? Or can you answer me this one question? Like, I've had nonstop discussions with people like that. But then the people who think that I, I should, you know, I'm the worst person in the whole entire world. And they're spending hours and hours just thinking of the worst possible things to say to me and going into really like personal attack and talking about my family and talking about my life and 
oh, it's like, of course not. Of course, I'm not going to engage with you. Like, are you like, what planet do you live on? You think you think you're going to write me a DM like that? And then we're going to have a sensible conversation. No, I haven't engaged with or answered any person who's written things like that. And um, the first, <laughs> like when I shared last week, it was the response I received was just so overwhelmingly positive in the beginning. It was really, I even could do a little screen recording of every single comment that I had, like the first hundreds of comments that were there were positive. We're just so many people out there have also shed this label. So many people are looking for their own personal freedom to make their choices. People who've struggled with health issues being vegan. I mean, there's a lot of, a ton of support there. And I was so surprised by that because I really, what I expected is what happened later. Like that was my expectation. So I was so happily surprised. <laughs> I told Dennis, I was like, hey, like it's been a couple hours. It's all positive. Like it's really, yeah. Even one of my best friends was like, I am so proud of this whole community. Like everyone has just really matured and kind of grown up. Like it's been a lot of years we've been doing this online. Of course, people mature and grow up. And a lot, a lot of us have. But then Dennis said, he's like, hey, you just just wait. The California vegans haven't even woken up, up woken up yet. <laughs> like they're still they're on pacific type like they're still sleeping and i'm like oh don't don't jinx it <laughs> please don't jinx it but yeah oh was he was he was he right holy holy moly and i think i spent i don't know a cup like a minute maybe in the comment section when it turned really vicious and then i left and uh i don't know sometimes when things get really nasty in my comment section, I turn it off, especially if it's a big topic that if it's a topic that's bigger than me, in a sense, like whenever we speak about racism or whenever there's a risk that there is a person who might be berated in the comment section or harmed, and I have a hard time moderating that. In those cases, I would be in the comment section and reading everything and making sure that no one's being an asshole, you know, or being harmful. But in this case, it's just everything is just, it's just, it's just the vegans against me. So, so I just, I left the comments on. Yeah. And, and there they are, you know, and if I go to, if I would go to my little notification section of, of Instagram now, it's, it's all back and forth, back and forth commentary of the most like vile things like it's stuff like you you just it's like you get nightmares reading it it's it's totally insane and the really sad part about this aside from you know putting my putting myself aside like I'm a big girl I can handle it I'll probably talk about it in another podcast like how I manage my own emotional space and how I resource myself because of course no matter how steady you are it's a it's an experience to be on the receiving end of this much hate, no matter, you know, how strongly you feel about your own opinion. It's a journey. Absolutely. I'm not unaffected by it. But putting myself aside, I think it's so sad that this is what happens in this community. I really, really, really feel a sadness that this is the way that people go about this. And even when I was vegan, I used to, I was so ashamed of this behavior. Then you would see it all the time. 
especially on Instagram, YouTube. I mean, there's just for, for a movement that's really supposed to be about loving kindness and having that include all beings. It's really interesting to me that that's the community where you see more hatred than you do anywhere, anywhere else. Like those really active trolling vegans have an ability to completely tear someone apart and not even think twice about it, not even feel bad about it. Because it's kind of like the cause justifies, you know, the end justifies all means. And the end that they're trying to get to, of course, is for the whole entire world to be vegan. But the only thing that happens, and th this is the thing that brings me so much sadness, is that it repels people. So many people. I had, I've screenshotted these comments because I, I, it's just, it's such heartfelt, you know, eye-opening proof. So many people have written me, like, just after reading this, this makes me want to separate from veganism. Like, this makes me not want to be a part of this community. This makes me never want to put that label. Like, I would never want to wear that hat. Like, if this is what, this is what you get, this is what happens, or th these are the kinds of people you have to, or this is the behavior you have to associate with. And that's the thing. I'm sure a majority, not all, of course, there's real like vile people out there <laughs> too, but majority of people who are writing these really intense things, I'm sure they're pretty good people in real life. I'm sure they have some sort of, they have an intention there of, of wanting to be kind and wanting animals to not suffer. And I'm sure they have friends and families and they're like, probably like pretty good people, like okay people in regular life. Something happens when you completely lose the accountability of being in a room with someone. Something happens to a person where you can hide behind your screen and there's no consequence to anything you say, where you can completely dehumanize another person. Like, I don't think, yeah, for someone to write to me that I should be raped, like, they, they, there's no way that they're in touch with my humanity or their own. Like, no way. No, you can't speak like that to another person and, and still have that, have that connection. No, no way. And that is only made possible because of social media because of these screens because you can hide I don't think the conversation would be this if we were in a room together <laughs> no I know the conversation would not be this if we were in a room together there's absolutely no way and although the the seems to be like the the, the communal kind of feeling or this the common feeling is we are all making people go back to being vegan or we are encouraging people to be vegan. We are convincing people here that this way is the better way. But if you take a breath, like take a break, step back, are you really? Like, is this how you have made people vegan? Like, have you, has anyone been shamed in a comment section and that made them go home and go, wait a minute, I think, I think I'm going to completely change my lifestyle now. Actually, yes, that person shaming me, calling me horrible names, they're probably right. Yeah, I'm going to just go change my life now. Thank you. No, like, <laughs> no, of course not. Of course not. And that's the thing that really saddens me the most is that it's, it just hurts the cause. No, like animals are being saved. No one's getting no one's furthering anything, you know, all it does is damage 
it's just just does damage. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy, and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned, and you'll be left feeling silky, soft, and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. I spoke about this just a tiny bit on Instagram story the other day, but that there's so much you could do with this energy instead of shame. You totally could. You could you could use this as fuel to create something, to do something. I mean, the amount of time and dedication and energy it took that woman to make this very long, edited, produced TikTok video making fun of me on the podcast. Like, wow, wow. Like, what else could she have done with that dedication and passion and time and energy? I mean... There's so much goodness we can do with that, but people instead are choosing to bully and choosing to shame, knowing that that's not going to make a difference for anyone. And it might make the person, you know, feel that person feel a little bit righteous for a moment or, yeah, look at me, I I took her down, I'm better. <laughs> but, but really, really, what is it doing for you? Like, what is it really bringing you? If you go a little bit deeper, you know, as you sit in your meditation practice later, which I hope you are, how does that feel? Like, does that really align with the human you are deep inside? Does it really, how does it settle there? Yeah, I, I probably doesn't sit so well. And probably there's an avoidance there too, or this behavior wouldn't be there. But it is... Yeah, it's sad that this is where we are. And having people watch this and read this, it's not encouraging them to become vegan. If anything, it's separating them further. And I can say this as a person who, I mean, not to brag, <laughs> but pretty sure that I have made more people go vegan than any of these people have. Like, I'm really certain <laughs> of that. And I didn't do any of that through shame. I didn't do any of that through telling people that they're horrible humans and they should die or they should be raped and they are abusers. And like, I didn't do any of that, like at all. 
And my way of converting people and trying to encourage and inspire people to go vegan is through food, sharing food I'm cooking, talking about food I'm eating, talking about the movement, sharing what I felt were the really positive benefits of being a vegan, and then living my vegan life, sharing that from a really positive, inspiring lens. Like, look at all this food I'm making. It's so delicious. Here you go. Look how easy this is. And (laughs) we all know, like, people don't change through that negative lens. You have to motivate someone And you also can't make a person do something that they're not ready to do or be something that they don't want to be, you know. All you can do is live your life and maybe through doing that you'll inspire some people and maybe you won't. But yeah, (laughs) I could just just sit here and go, like, the vegans are fucking crazy. I don't want to talk to them anymore. I don't want to align with them anymore. And it's so also so out of alignment to say that because I am absolutely 100,000% against animal abuse and for the ethical treatment of animals. And I always will be. And then any every single person who is that kind of vegan is going to go, well, you can't have that viewpoint and also eat egg. Um, you can't have that viewpoint and also have tried raw dairy. Like that's not that's not possible. Those two things don't work. Well, then I have to share where I am, which is that for me, yes, it does work. And it would be much worse if you, if every single person didn't think that way. Like, do you actually want people to align with factory farming and animal abuse and the worst practices on this whole entire earth? Because that's kind of where you're pushing people if it's all black and white, if there's no gray area. Like, hey, I'm not vegan anymore. I still believe animals should be treated as well as possible. If I would ever eat an animal, I would want to know, need to know that that animal has only had one bad day in their life. But it's like, that doesn't matter, right? Because if you're not 100% vegan doing it the vegan way, then you are in the same camp as the people who, you know, are completely like unconscious about it, who don't have any awareness about it, who just eat factory farmed meat, who 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 really don't care. Like then 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 you're in that same camp. And what I've discovered now is just that's just not the case. Like there's a whole huge amount of gray area here where people do care about animal well-being. And people who tend to their own animals, which I used to think like those were the worst kind of people. Like how could you possibly tend to your own animals? Like have your own chickens and put them through laying eggs and then at the end of their life, you know, like butcher and eat your own chicken. Like that to me was the worst of the worst. And then I look at that now and I'm like, well, what a beautiful thing. And I genuinely do believe that. I would love to have my own chickens and love on them and take care of them and tend to them and probably we'll find rescue chickens when we do and yes at the end and eat their eggs not push them to produce an insane amount and not make their living conditions be as far away from how they would live you know like actually do it in the most natural most sustainable most down-to-earth way and Not that I'm ready for this now, but maybe at some point in my life, at the end of that chicken's life, would I be able to buy myself 
you know, without that chicken having to travel or go in the truck and be transported and go through this very scary, horrible experience, could I be the person to butcher that chicken and then serve it to my family? Not today, but that thing, which I used to think was just the most awful, inhumane thing ever, I see now as as very nourishing, as very wholesome, like actually as like that's what my grandma did. That's what my grandparents did and their parents and their parents. And that's how my ancestors lived. And I can truly see something sacred in aligning with a lifestyle that's closer to that, where I am eating less acai berry, for example, which is something I used to eat all the time that doesn't even grow in this hemisphere, right? <laughs> like even like even in Aruba, like it's not native there at all. Like I would eat on my plate things that came from 20 different parts of the world and that I would never be able to actually grow myself or connect with myself and that doesn't align at all with my ancestral ways. Like that to me now feels more artificial and feels further away than living a seasonal local life with what's available to me here. And yes, ancestrally here, that means more animal foods. And I don't know what that's going to mean for me, because of course, yes, I have the ability to go to the grocery store if I want to, but I would like to, to do that less. And the reason I haven't, yeah, I didn't get to it. It's too big of a topic that I haven't talked about the ethics, of course, this like big heart of this conversation, which is the ethics behind this. How can you change your mind so completely, having been vegan for the animals and then all of a sudden op being open to eating animal foods? And the reason I haven't gotten to that yet, it's because it's such a big, huge thing for me. And some people out there seem to think that like all of a sudden here, I'm the most heartless person eating steak for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, not giving a shit about anything at all. And I just want all animals to die now. <laughs> I mean, do you really believe that? Like, do you really? Or is that just like a comfortable narrative that makes it easier for you to villainize me and demonize me and hate me if you make me into the worst version of what this is for you? But of course, that's not true. Of course, that's not true. And I was made fun of a lot this weekend for sharing my experience with the first egg I ever ate. And that is like a truly spiritual experience that I had. I shared it on the podcast. I shared a little bit of it on Instagram. It was truly a transformative, sacred experience for me. I, I shared really vulnerably about how I cried, how that, it was a huge thing. And for someone to not understand that not only not understand but but choose to berate that and choose to make fun of that and take that to belittle me somehow I mean it's just a really mean thing from it's just a really mean thing to do it's it's just really really and somehow saying that that I'm I'm making that up and that is just ridiculous like why why on earth like how could this not be a spiritual thing how can <laughs> how can you look at this in any way and not feel a spiritual connection to the food that sustains you especially as a vegan you should understand that because there should be some 
spiritual connection there to the animals and to the lives of all beings that makes you not want to eat that way, right? So can you then imagine making a transition from that to a new thing, having that come from a really deep place that of course, that is also a very spiritual journey. And for me now, it's like the spiritual journey is is truly the return to what I feel I was supposed to be eating all along. I kind of, I really, I, I don't regret anything. I mean, it is what it is, but I wish I hadn't put that label on so strongly. And what probably would have happened is I would have remained mainly plant-based, but I would have been eating some egg. Like I have friends who've lived exactly that lifestyle for for years and years who feel great. And for me, because I shut that door, door so intensely, it was just never going to happen. And I really did deprive myself of nutrition that I needed. And living in Aruba, we have one of our best friends in the whole world. His sister lives next door to our house and she has chickens. And those chickens, like they live in her house and out of her house. They just walk in and out as they like. They're really like her pets. She doesn't have that many of them, but she gifts egg to friends and family and neighbors. I'm like, I could have probably spent those years like a little bit less depleted if I would have been open to just that. And I'm not talking factory farm, like where they squeeze chickens into these horrible tiny cages. They're totally abused. It's truly awful. That's not how I'm ever going to eat. And I don't know how, why anyone would imagine that. Like that's, that's, that it would be the worst, that it wouldn't be this very intentional thing for me. Of course, it's an intentional thing. And if anything, knowing that being vegan, it's still a minority thing. Most people in this world are not vegan. For the people who don't want to be, who are never going to be, can we encourage them to make better choices around what they put on their plate? Can we talk about how to source foods from smaller scale farms and how to support farmers in that way to move away from these massive corporations and conglomerations that are often very corrupt and so deeply harmful, not just to the animals, but to the environment, to people. There is other ways. It's not just this awful, most awful thing or veganism. It's not that. And I really think people need to wake up and start to open their minds to that so that there at least can be a conversation had. Because here there's no conversation I mean, there's, I don't, I genuinely don't believe, and I say this with my full conviction, since this podcast came out on Friday and all this fighting started happening on social media, I don't think a single person's mind has been changed. I don't think there is a single, (laughs) I don't think there's a single non-vegan who was shamed and decided to become vegan this weekend. I don't think there's a single vegan that was shamed and decided to start eating animal foods this weekend. I don't think a single person has had their mind changed from shame. I, I know that. And there must, <laughs> there must be another way. Yeah, I don't have the, I don't have the solution here. I'm just really sharing what's, what's on my heart. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So where am I now here today? I feel like this episode became a little bit ranty. <laughs> it was kind of bound to be. I genuinely believe and I wouldn't share it if it wasn't my absolute truth. I genuinely believe that I have been a little bit depleted over the past couple of years. I really do. And I shared on the last episode of the podcast that we went through this season where Dennis and I ate a lot of junk food and we were so excited when vegan foods became available in Aruba that we ate a lot of junk. That's not how we ate for 12 years. <laughs> Like, like most of you have followed me online for a long time. I used to share all of our food. I mean, I cooked home cooked meals for lunch and dinner. Like that was, I have been extremely, extremely healthy. And especially for the past two years of being vegan, I've been on this wild detox protocol where I'm not allowed any sugar. I'm not allowed any processed foods of any kind, not allowed any white flour. I mean, so much I had to cut out of my diet where I've been going through these definite years of my life of only eating a whole foods vegan diet and then had seasons like when we got vegan food in Aruba and we ate a lot of junk food. Yeah, I believe in both of those scenarios that I have been a little bit depleted. And I think that that depletion started showing up for me in a major way after pregnancy that like a lot of people, I felt really good in the first couple of years. And then slowly, because we have a lot of deposits within the body, especially the minerals that we lose and that we miss, like the body can take care of that for a long time until all of a sudden it can't. And arriving at this knowing now, just from how I feel in my body, having incorporated some animal foods, mainly egg, some organic yogurt from small scale farm from the farm next door yeah let's talk about what i'm eating i got a lot of questions around this so egg i've talked about a lot fucking egg it's been like <laughs> i made a joke yesterday like maybe we should print t-shirts to raise money for the vegan cause like cancel yoga girl t-shirts and then my friend was like it needs to have some sort of egg motive <laughs> like you need to like it needs to be egg related i'm like okay let's 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 do this <laughs> But yeah, definitely egg. There's a lot of homesteads around where we live. Very small scale farms. People who have, you know, 10, 15 chickens that roam outside or that walk free on their farms. So whenever we are driving, whenever we pass by one of those places, a lot of them have like a little in Sweden, we have it's like the Swedish version of Venmo. We call it Swish here, where you just grab a carton and then it's like by the just the honor system. So we source a lot of our eggs that way. There is a bigger, like still a small farm. They have 25 cows. They never have more than 25 and some chickens. Um, and we get, uh, in other times, we get our eggs from there. And uh, for me, it's like eating an egg. First of all, and this is also really important, the situation in the U.S. and people in the U.S. don't know this because it's kind of what you have over there. The factory farming that exists in the U.S. is appalling. It's absolutely appalling. And it doesn't exist like that here. It's not legal and allowed in Sweden. It, 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 there's no 
comparison to that. We don't have that. We don't have those kinds of feedlots and, you know, thousands of cows crammed together and never getting to move or go outside. Like, we don't have that. And I've had to ask around a lot, <laughs> like really, really a lot. Um, so what does it mean? You know, grass-fed beef, for example. Like, like, how would you source that in Sweden? And it's like, well, all beef in Sweden is grass-fed because all cows are outside for as long as the weather allows. And then depending on the farm, um, if it's like a really great, you know, beautiful farm, they let their cows be outside for as long as possible. Like my brother has cows, not for dairy or, or beef. They just tend to the land. So they will live, they're just taken care of and will live their whole entire lives until they die of old age. But his cows can be outside all year. Like they never have to go indoors. Um, they're winter cows, you know, so there's cows like that too. But then there's really great farms where when the cows have to go inside, they actually give them feed that they grew themselves. So they continue eating clover and grass as much as possible in the winter too, you know. So this idea where like in the States to find grass-fed beef, you have to hunt for it, you have to look for it, you have to source it. It's really expensive. It's hard. It's like we don't we don't have that option of not having grass-fed beef here unless it's imported from somewhere. So it's just the animal practices are very, very different just as a baseline. Of course, there's bad versions of that in Sweden too. Like even of these of these farms, there's places where they don't, of course, of course, but it's not a factory farm like they have in the States. I just want to share that. But the idea for me, for example, to, to, to eat an egg that, that might have been sourced or taken from an animal that suffered its entire life. I mean, no way. I have no interest in that. I would never, I would, I, I, I mean, I would never think that way. Like it, it, it's not a possibility for me to not go out of my way to source the best possible option there is. And right now we are eating the best possible option there is except for <laughs> the very best option, which is going to be when we have our own chickens, which is going to be like, I'm in charge and I will know how they're taken care of and how they're attended to. That's the best possible option. And we'll have that probably early spring. Like that's one of the first things we're going to do early next year. So, and that's of course going to be a relief because then I don't have to worry about that anymore. Right. And I am only interested in incorporating animal foods into my life if it feels aligned with the lifestyle that I live and with what I believe in. And I don't believe that animals should suffer. I don't believe animals should be tortured. I don't believe animals should be abused. I don't believe animals should live a life of fear. And I would love, if possible, if I am going to go down that route where I'm eventually eating meat and eating eating a wide variety of things that I can do that from an animal that's only had one bad day in their life and there is a way to source your animal foods that way there is a way of course it's a pain in the ass like just like being vegan is a pain in the ass you can't eat everywhere you can't eat everything you have to think about what you purchase and think about how you spend your money and who you support and get to know places and farms like of course it takes the extra effort but so did being vegan so why would I not put that effort in now like of course of course I am and then 
yeah, the raw dairy. People are really upset about this as well. There is a difference, but and I know to a lot of people it doesn't matter. It's going to be like talking to a wall. But for me, knowing that I'm sourcing dairy from a cow that gets to live its life with its calf, you know that that's an option, right? There's small farms where, first of all, the animals don't get forcefully impregnated like they would in a factory farm kind of situation where they actually have a bowl and they do their thing in a natural way. Like that actually exists. And when I think back to the ancestral ways or how my great, great, great grandparents lived, they weren't eating meat and dairy and eggs from factory farms. Like that didn't exist. You know, like it was like the neighbor farm who had cows in a bowl. And then that's what that was. So yes, you can absolutely source dairy in a much more kind and loving way where they don't get separated from the calf. Um, and even and like the most, the closest to like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah, to a, a, a business, I guess, like a for-profit farm where I've ever, that I've ever been, where I ever know is my cousins. And I talked about them a little bit on last week's podcast too, but they have a dairy farm, an organic dairy farm. And when I used to like, in my mind, when I was vegan, I would just like, oh, hate what they're doing. Well, that's their choice. And they're doing that. And it's so harmful, so and so. But you know what I never did? I had a lot of ideas, a lot of judgment, a lot of, well, I would never tell them because I'm not a crazy person. I would never have a that, a conversation over dinner about why they should be, these farmers should be vegan. Like I'm, I'm not that person. I had a lot of those ideas in my mind, a lot of judgment about them, that they were doing things that were really bad and really wrong. But you know what I never did? I never asked. I never inquired. I went to my aunt and went, hey, could you show me how it works on the farm? Could you Could you take me through like the process here? Like how do you take care of the animals here? Do you take care of the animals? Or is this just a machine where, you know, these animals are forcefully impregnated against their will and then held in a little stall for the rest of their lives and then baby calves ripped from them the moment they're born and then all the baby cows, they just get slaughtered. The baby calves, just the, the boys, they just get slaughtered right away. All these calves are just screaming out for their mommies. Uh, the moms are screaming out for their babies and uh, they never get to go outside and they only eat soy and terrible grain and they're pumped with antibiotics and, you know, this, all the things I thought I knew. I never fucking asked. <laughs> and guess what? That is not what happens there. And it is not the standard practice in a lot of places there. They actually, whenever a cow is pregnant, they leave the baby with the mom. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but I thought the whole, like, I thought the whole thing was like, right away like that first like milk you need it that like it's going to the people and they're like no they leave the baby with the mom for at least six months which is <laughs> I'm like oh well that's how long I nursed Leia <laughs> like I made it to like seven and a half months with her you know and yeah maybe in a in a completely like natural where there's no interference and there's no people the calf would nurse for a longer time but somewhere in all of this, we are inserting a human need here. Like I am putting myself in the way of, 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 of connecting with the animals in that way. 
of nourishing myself together with the animal or from the animal in that way. But I didn't even know, you know. And yeah, the cows are outside like the whole, the whole entire time. They love their animals and talking to them and actually having that conversation. I didn't know. I thought this was just like they're pushing these animals around and no way you could have a dairy farm and like love the animal. Like no way. The, the cows live a really long time. They don't make any money from beef. It's not like a, and I also thought that like the point of the, the point of it was like to get as much milk out of the cow as you possibly could and then immediately kill the cow at a very young age so you can sell the beef. Like they don't, that's not what the practice is at all. They live for as long as they have a really possible good life. And I just, I don't know, for me, it's like a, I'm rambling a little bit now, but it shows for me just how closed I was in my view because really the viewpoint, and I had it, was that I'm vegan and I know better. And I, 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 don't, I don't even need to have the conversation with these people because they're all stupid. None of them are doing it the right way. And it just meant that I remained really ignorant and non-compassionate toward people who are absolutely totally part of my family, not able to see things from any other person's perspective. It took me years to actually align with the truth that there are indigenous people all over the world that absolutely never in a million years should even have a thought about being vegan. I thought everyone should be vegan. And that should include indigenous people, should include people who don't have the funds, should include people who live in food deserts, should include people who have absolutely no access to fruit and vegetables, should include people who, like, I was in that righteous vegan place of everybody. And that puts you in a, in a place that lacks compassion and that lacks understanding and that lacks any kind of longing to walk in another person's shoes to understand their point of view. I mean, I literally had people tell me they are so sick from being vegan. And I deep down thought that they're, they're not right about that. <laughs> right Now, again, and I can like, I'm, I'm sharing this very unfiltered view that I had, I would never tell people these things. I would never go on anybody's Instagram account or in their DMs or in their comments section or to their face and say, well, you're making a terrible decision. You don't know your body. You're a horrible person. You should go to hell. You should be raped. You should die. Like, <laughs> I would never ever say these things, right? But I thought them, like I had these views. I held these views to myself. I held these, I held this judgment to myself, right? And it kept me completely ignorant. It really, really, really did. And I think that's the biggest danger of, of having a movement that's this righteous is somehow you become so non-compassionate around people's experience. Like how could I actually believe a person telling me they are sick on a vegan diet, totally depleted? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> I know their body better than, than they do. I just know they weren't doing it right. They should eat a more like whole foods type of vegan diet. They should maybe eat more like plant-based fats probably. And they're just probably like not taking care of themselves. Like how, how fucking judgmental, what kind of a bullshit thing is that to think about someone, let alone like becomes so boundaryless that you would tell them or shame them. I mean, 
And this whole, like, just this whole conversation now has made me feel not separate from my own inner love that I have for animals, which I've always had and always will have for the rest of my life for as long as I live. But it's really separated me from the love I had for the vegan community. It really has. And I kind of, I can see now the power of individual people inspiring the masses and inspiring people and the absolute detriment of having a whole group of people shame and act this way. I mean, it's honestly, it's embarrassing. Going into my comment section right now, it's like, it's embarrassing. I I feel ashamed that this is a part of, that this is behavior that real grown-up people engage in. It's just, honestly, it's just not okay. It's not. It's It's truly not. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When it comes to the ethics part of this, it's I am still struggling with this. I am still exploring in this area. I will never arrive at a place where I can just like sit and have a steak and not think about that. You know, every time I eat any kind of animal foods, there is a moment of reverence there for me. There's a moment of gratitude there for me. There is a moment of presence of I am so grateful. Like this being actually gave a part of itself if it's the milk or the egg, gave a part of itself so that I can nourish myself, so that I can feel whole. Like that is a an unbelievable, unbelievable gift. It's not just something to shrug your shoulders about and you know stuff your face with all throughout the day. Like no, there there's a reverence here, and at the same time, the whole topic around death which I have been so separated from for such a long time, literally had my eyes closed to this being a part of life. Like we are carbon beings. We need carbon to thrive. This is part of the cycle. And we see it in nature. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, and I've always been one of those people like watching one of those animal shows you know, watching like National Geographic and then seeing an animal take down another animal. I couldn't, I couldn't watch that. Oh, you know, because a part of me felt like, well, that's, it's so harmful, you know, it's so horrible. And it is, it's horrible. It's really hard. It's, it's death, but it is a part of life. And I am starting to return to the belief that it is a part of the natural order of things. Is it a natural order of things to have trillions of animals 
abuse, living in fear under horrible circumstances, slaughtered in the most awful way for complete unconscious consumption. No, that is not the natural order of things. Factory farming is not the natural order of things. Animal abuse is not the natural order of things. But death is. And I am still navigating this this path of, okay, how do I, what do I feel okay with? Like, where is my place in this circle, in this cycle? And an example, you know, my brother hunts and I have, of course, had such a hard time with this. I mean, for years, really, oh, like I didn't want him to talk to me about it and we wouldn't fight about it or, or anything like that. I would just ask him not to, like he wouldn't talk about it with me, of course, because he knew it just, it just bothered me. And he went hunting this weekend and <laughs> sent me a picture and I cried, you know, and it's, it's really, if there is the, the, the kindest meat you could probably ever eat, if you're ever going to eat meat, the most sustainable, the most regenerative, knowing that that is truly, truly in a non-negotiable way, an animal that has had a completely natural life, lived its whole entire life, the way it's supposed to live, undisturbed by people, not raced for meat, you know, it's just a wild animal living its whole entire life in the wild, and then getting shot from hundreds of meters away. You know, there's not, there's never a moment of fear. There's never a moment of, you know, it's just, it's just a bullet and that's that. And that, you know, which, which I feel, okay, I should feel more accepting around that now. You know, if, if I'm, if I'm on this path, I need to, to get closer to that. And he sent me a picture because I, I, I asked and I cried. It was extremely hard for me to, to, to watch. Really, really. And I don't think, and I ask him, you know, what is it like there? Is it like, it's like, of course, it's a, there's a moment of reverence there. There's a moment of awe there. And this is an animal that can feed fam several families for a whole entire year. You know, it, it doesn't get, if we're talking about sustainability and taking care of the planet, like that doesn't get more <laughs> sustainable than that. And still it's death, right? It's still that one bullet. It's still death. It's still taking an animal's life. It's still a very, very hard thing. And I'm not sitting here saying that all of a sudden it's not a hard thing for me. That all of a sudden I don't care about animals. Like I'm the person who's, I've never killed a spider in my whole life. I'm the person who lifts flies and spiders out of the house. That moves snails from the side of the road that's rescued so many animals and dogs and cats in my life and like this it's always going to be who I am and how do I align that now knowing that a part of me needs animal nourishment to actually thrive and some people out there might say well you should compromise your health you should compromise your well-being you should suffer so that the animals don't have to suffer. And that is also a really strange way to live. Like at what cost? If you knew your child was suffering, if you knew the way a person who's in my place now knows, and I know, like if you knew that your child needs this to sustain themselves, to not get sick, to not get depleted, 
would you allow that? Would you let that continue? Like at, to, to what point, like how sick would you allow your child to get or you to get if this was true for you? I'm not saying it's true for everyone. It's true for me. And it's a really strange point of view, you know, to, to like, wh where's the compassion then, you know? So being where I am now, knowing what I need to not be depleted, knowing what I need to feel whole and nourished and full, like I'm feeling full for the first time in a long time, then how do I align that knowing that there is going to be death involved? And I am still journeying there. I haven't arrived at that one place of a destination where that's that. And I'm ready for everything now. No. And I think probably it's going to be a back and forth. It's going to be, this feels okay. And then this does not feel okay. And it's, yeah, it's a journey that I'm, that I'm on. <sighs> there has been uh, no celebration over here that we're not vegan anymore. Also for Dennis, it has not, it was a hard thing for him he jumped on the wagon or off the wagon, I guess, probably fairly quickly because I think he's wanted to for a long time. But eh, he struggled. I mean, really, um, it's not been a yay, you know, let's go and harm a bunch of animals now. Let's celebrate. You know, my best friend posted a reel from my birthday. <laughs> it was a it was a reel from my birthday and in there was a clip of me eating a little piece of toast with a sardine on it. Um, there was a, it's like a sardine pesto toast. And she was like, I'm posting this reel. And I was like, hey, can you wait until, like, I'm going to tell the world at any moment now that I'm not vegan. Can you just, just wait? And then I announced and she was like, ooh, I'm posting that old reel now. And I was like, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't matter. And people thought genuinely that we went out to celebrate not being vegan anymore. <laughs> like there was no, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. We said what we celebrated was my birthday. Like I actually, it was my birthday. And we went to, we went out to dinner and had a really beautiful night. <laughs> so there's been, there's been no celebration of, of this. If anything, there has been a lot of grief especially in the beginning. And I kind of, that was my plan for this episode, but it, it, I'm already kind of over time. So I guess I'll save that for another time. But I wanted to share the the step-by-step -step journey of through food. Um, like after I ate that first egg, like what did I eat after that? And how did that, how did that come about? The first thing I ate after that was fish. And um, yeah, I'll tell the story another time, I think. But It, it's really important to me that people know that this wasn't some sort of flippant decision, that it wasn't thought through, you know, that people think it wasn't thought through, that it was something that I, it's something I've been sitting with for a year and a half. It's a long time, a really long time. And something I would never share if it wasn't an absolutely ingrained truth in me. And just like when I talk about being pro-choice or when I talk about anti-racism or talk about politics or things that come up or supporting the trans movement, like things that come up on my platforms a lot. I knew that this would bring a shit show. Like I knew this would bring criticism and critique. And I know 
that deep down for so many people, this is about love and this is about compassion. And I know that because I have been in that same place. And what happens after a while is that suddenly it's not about compassion anymore. Because if we lose sight of being compassionate toward each other, we're not really helping the animal cause either. And I just wish we could have a more compassionate conversation around this. I, I really do. And maybe that's what this will blossom into. I mean, I, I hope so. I have had a lot of really constructive just shares with so many of you over the weekend. And I really appreciate your input. I do. <laughs> and I don't know really where where this will bring. I know I've kind of, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about this for weeks. Okay. <laughs> on social media now, like I'm just I'm moving on. I don't want to fan the flames of the drama anymore. So, and I know I will be there every time I share about anything food related. And probably if I share about things that aren't, like there's people that are going to be there in the comment section going wild. And that's probably what it will be now, you know, and I just have to accept that because yeah, I was vegan for a long time. I I was. And I changed my mind. <laughs> I know. And I think it's so, like, is it? aren't we so lucky that we get to grow and change our opinion <laughs> and, and, and not have to hold on to the same dogmatic viewpoints for the rest of our lives? Like, it's a privilege to get to grow and read and learn and listen to new opinions and and I don't know. And I also feel like when we get to a place where we are totally ingrained in our inner truth, like we know, you know, it's at our core. We know this is my truth. We're not going to be triggered by people anymore. When we get to that place, we're going to let people live their lives and we're going to know what to do to further our own cause or to fight for what we believe in. But when we really arrive at that deep, deep, deep alignment, the outside, like little stuff, like what strangers do, people I've never met do, people on the internet do, it's not going to bother us anymore. And I think that's my whole like big takeaway from this is I am not bothered by vegans telling me I shouldn't be eating animal foods. I'm not bothered by that because I'm in that place of truth where I just know I'm not wavering, thinking to go back. Was this wrong? I'm, I'm not at all. I'm not triggered by any of that or, or upset about any of that. What I'm triggered by is the viciousness, like absolutely the personal attacks, like the talk about my family, like I'm, that I'm absolutely triggered by just knowing that there's this amount of viciousness directed at me. That's a trigger. That's a hard thing to sit with. But the truth of it the not being vegan, like I haven't wavered a, a millimeter at all. And I wonder if there's something in, I don't know. I, I really wonder what it is about the vegan movement that is so fragile, right? That is like, we can't take a conversation. We can't take someone changing their minds. We can't take another person not aligning exactly with what we say they should do. It's so fragile. There is a fragility there. And I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. For me, I wonder if that fragility, like where I was really judging, I wonder if it was depletion. 
for me. Maybe not for other people, but yeah, there's definitely a, a sense of just not taking care of myself well enough. And that makes it very, very urgent and very intense and almost scary at the, the way you have to take care of other people and other beings, you know, and speak for the voiceless. It's like, well, where am I in that? You know, I, I don't think I was steady with my feet on the ground. And I feel that way now. So for that, I'm just very, very, very grateful. Let's see what we, uh, let's see what we talk about next week, eh? <laughs> let's see where this, where this conversation goes. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. Thank, I mean, so much support. Oh my God. I spent way too much time talking about the the hate and the viciousness on this show. I need I need a whole podcast dedicated to the loving, supportive people who have been there. Also in the comment sections and in my DMs and sending me emails and writing me their, your own shares about your own life and how things have aligned for you and just kind of sending me a bit of love. Like I, I appreciate the living hell out of you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really. And I need to spend more time uplifting and honoring the love that's here because there's also so much love and so much understanding and so much compassion. And it hasn't been missed for me. It really hasn't. It's really there. Could be partly why I feel so steady and grounded here today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Okay. Take care of yourself every day, all day this week. Do something truly loving for yourself. And as usual, I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week.